Good morning, good afternoon, buongiorno tutti. Um, welcome to Thursday Connect. My name is Cherry and I am a team captain at International Christian Fellowship of Rome. It is truly an honor to be able to share with you this morning. And I'd like to say thank you to Pastor Jen for giving me this opportunity. And so, yeah, let's just start. Join me in prayer wherever you are, sitting, standing. Just help me welcome the Holy Spirit to this meeting right now. Let's pray. Thank you, Father for this beautiful day that you have made. Thank you because you know each of us by name, O oh God. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this meeting this morning. We pray that you open our minds to receive your wisdom and you open our spirits to receive your wonderful guidance and leadership. And that you open our hearts to receive your beautiful love, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, that we have another day, another opportunity to share your love with one another thank you god for your faithfulness and your grace in jesus name amen okay so today we are going to be talking about a topic that is very very close to my heart and it is about finding value in christian friendships and i know that you know as a young adult i've come to learn and understand that friendship, you know, is important to our growth and endurance as Christians. It's very, very crucial. But while growing up, I did realize that I did not learn much about friendship in the church. And I think this is because we tend to assume that friendship is something that we have to develop naturally and, you know, happily, whereas something like brotherly or sisterly love requires you know that supernatural forbearance and practical skill basically teaching or showing young people that it's not paramount for friendship to be spiritual and as a result of this as a result of this absence of biblical thoughts and lack of biblical teaching i feel a lot of people end up leaning towards a kind of distorted and self-oriented understanding of what friendship should be and so i also believe that you know it's very important to have and inspire in others a deep understanding of biblical friendship um but that we also make sure that our friendships are centered on christ you know today in this day and age of you know facebook and instagram and youtube and social media and different kinds of technology we we we've come to use the word friend quite carelessly i feel um you know any person that we have a few conversation with at work or you know um any friend that we like on facebook you know we call a friend now this isn't necessarily bad um but through it i believe we've really lost that true biblical meaning of um biblical friendship so today i wanted to start with first of all defining what is a christian friendship we will i mean we will of course engage friendships with non-christians in our everyday life but i feel like we must first consider the health of our friendship christian friendships first so how exactly do we define a christian friendship while i was thinking about this it you know and meditating over it dawned to me that 
Our understanding of Christian friendships starts with God himself. The first friendship in creation ever, say ever, ever, began when God extended his hand towards humanity, towards us. He created man and woman and he walked with them as friends. Now, you know, Adam and Eve, as we all know, broke that friendship through sin. But God responded by extending friendship to us again in Jesus Christ. So I want to take a verse from John 15, um, 11, from verse 11 to 15. I'm going to be reading from the message version. And it says, this is my command. Love one another the way that I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants do not understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. Jesus let us in. We are his friends. We're not his servants or his slaves. We are his friends. And because of this friendship, he laid down his life for us so that our intimacy in God could be restored. And because of that, we have fellowship with God once again, if our faith is in Christ alone. You know, I truly believe that his sacrifice is such a redemptive history that is so important when we're defining a Christian friendship because this demonstration of friendship is at the foundation of brotherly and sisterly love. First John chapter four, verse 19, and I'm going to be reading from the living Bible version says, so you see our love for him comes as a result of his loving us first. I think it's important that as Christians, we remember this. We meditate deeply on this with that because without this knowledge or sometimes I'm going to admit even in spite of knowing this, we tend to exchange God's love for people's love and we look to them for what only God can give that unconditional love, the unknowing intimacy, that perfect provision that never ends or that security for our mind, our body, our souls. You know, so many friendship issues arise because we think people should respond as God does. We cannot and we should not attempt to find our security and our value solely in human friendships. I hope I'm speaking to someone today. Instead, we should base our value in Christ alone. We should base our hope our peace, our joy, our strength, even our weaknesses in Christ alone. Jesus, say his name wherever you are. Jesus at the center of it all, of everything. You know, one way that we can know that our friendships are centered on Christ is that if we consistently enjoy the friendship of God. You know, when we know his daily companionship, when we spend time with him regularly, we will also come to know his ability to love and care for us is limitless and flawless. When we understand this, then human friendships can begin to enjoy in its proper place as well, 
in its secondary place because we're not putting pressure on it, pressure that it was never meant to bear. So biblical Christian friendship means securing ourselves to the sure, steadfast anchor of Christ. And while holding on to that anchor, giving and receiving the gift of friendship to others as he gives us the opportunity. So you see, I'm using two hands. I'm not saying, you know, we're holding on to the anchor of Christ and we're, you know, abandoning this. Jesus is my only friend. If anyone says hi, hi to me on the street, on the bus, at, at work, I'm not going to say hi back because Jesus is my only friend. No. You're holding on to Christ. And while holding on, you're giving and receiving the gift of friendship. These two things can go simultaneously. You're not, you're not giving friendship to others and letting go of Christ. They go together. Because the goal is to enjoy God together with other Christians as we move through life, as we go through our challenges, so that we can sharpen our friends and allow ourselves to be sharpened by them. I hope I'm speaking to someone today because I am speaking to myself as I, as I say these words. To sharpen our friends and allow ourselves to be sharpened by them. And I just feel like there's something truly unique about this. Something truly unique about the Christian friendship. Because it is a spiritual unity between two souls into a deep, lasting friendship based on the shared devotion to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I understand that no relationship is perfect. You know, um, there is rocky parts even between the best of friends. But remembering the blessings found in the community of believers can encourage and help those to, who encounter challenges as well. So today I wanna leave you with just a few blessings or rather characteristics um, that I believe, you know, um, are just some characteristics of friendship that, you know, exist between believers in the gospel of, of Christ. It's just five characteristics that I've summed up. And I feel like the first would be that Christian friendship should have a shared hope in the gospel. That two friends have their hope in Jesus is so important to a relationship. That any agreement about something that's important to your mind, to your body, to your soul, has Jesus as the bedrock, as the foundation. And I think this is very, very important and this is something that makes our spiritual friendship very unique because like i said in the beginning i believe that friendship most importantly christian friendships need to be spiritual and the second thing is the second characteristic rather is the family commitment I feel like Christian friendships are not only just, you know, friends, but we're also brothers and sisters in Christ. We're part of a household of faith um, and we share a special responsibility to each other because of that distinction. 
we also have this wonderful you know opportunity um of having this deep relationship that transcends cultural and ethnic barriers you know here at icf we're a church of many nations and you know with people from different walks of life and we say you know we we respect each culture and we're not about but you know we're not about the italian culture the nigerian culture the american culture in icf we are about jesus culture that two people on alike in every way from different walks of life are tied to each other with the bonds of family when both are joined in Christ. Jesus' culture brings us together, makes us a family. And the third characteristic, I'm sorry, I'm just speeding through because Pastor Jen is going to come later and, you know, just add her own you know, amazing blessings to this um, talk. Um, so the third characteristic would be that a crit, um, Christian friendships are filled with encouragement. You know, we should encourage each other to stand strong. A, a Christian friend would not counsel you to give up something that the Lord is asking you to hold fast to. They would not ask you to give up your 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 faith they would not ask you to give up hope they would not ask you to give up prayer time they would not ask you to to give up the lord's promises or the lord's instructions you know the world may counsel you to look to different things and you know different kinds of people for guidance but a christian friend should stand with you side by side in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, reading from the Amplified Bible, it says, Only be sure to lead your lives in a manner that will be worthy to the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about you and that you are standing firm in one spirit and one purpose, with one mind, serving, striving side by side, as if in combat for the faith of the gospel. A Christian friend should stand with you side by side, pointing you to the truth of the gospel, no matter what, and to the immovable God whose love for you never changes. That is what a Christian friend should do. They will not be pointing you towards this drug or that alcohol or just different things of the world. They will point you to the truth of the gospel, the word of God that never changes, that remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. A Christian friend will remind you that God's promises never fails and that he loves you and he has a plan for your life. And the fourth characteristic is peace in Christ. Um, Christian friends should want peace to reign. You know, we are the peacemakers and we are peacekeepers. And the call to unity and love should override all self-interests, all selfishness and personal grudges and hurt. Colossians 3 verse 15 from the NIV says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Christ died for us while we were still his enemies. So we should be eager to extend the olive branch to those who are also called by him. So I just want at the end of this, for you to just pray 
for let peace reign in your friendships, in the church, with your family. Let's be peacemakers and let's be peacekeepers in our Christian walk and with our Christian friends as well. And the last thing of the last characteristic is forgiveness. Um, that a Christian friendship should have the framework for forgiveness. I feel like um, as Christians, we have the greatest model, the greatest framework, the greatest example of forgiveness, which is the forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And, you know, we've experienced this, you know, he sacrificed himself for us. And I feel like we can never claim a greater cost than the one that was paid by Jesus. So we should always be eager to follow in his footsteps. Now I understand, you know, all of us are sinners and we're falling short of the glory of God. I also understand that hurt is real and reconciliation takes work. But Jesus, Jesus Christ makes everything new in his presence. So this should motivate us to seek reconciliation when it is in our power to do so. You know, I was speaking to a friend of mine last week and she had just come out of a very abusive um, relationship and she was opening up to me about it and she's also, you know, uh, Christian and um, we were talking and we were praying and at the end of the prayer she said to me, um, I, I don't know how I can ever forgive, you know, this person who I was friends with for her hurting me because you know he this person was also in the church and everything and and then i said to her that you may not be able to forgive this person but christ in you can because he is greater than every hurt and every heartbreak and every disappointment it may not be in your power but give it to him and he will do it. So today in closing, I, you know, I, I hope I've been able to speak to your hearts and speak to your minds and um, just inspire you to really assess your Christian friendships. Um, and just, you know, ask yourselves, what characteristics do my Christian friendships entail and also you know with this time of covid and you know there was a time of people you know just a lot of people were alone a lot of people were isolated a lot of people were out of work a lot of people you know even christians really you know felt like we were, were all alone and i just felt like that was a time of isolation and this is in my own own scenario but you know i held on to god every day and it was such a time of uncertainty a time of loneliness but i held on to god every day and during that time alone the holy spirit gave me a word and he said to me that use this time to get closer to me but don't let the enemy use this alone time to make you isolate. 
and it spoke to me because you know we want to get closer to god and spend all this time but it is it really opened my heart to the importance of letting other people in during this time and this goes back to what i was saying that we hold on to the anchor of christ and we give and we receive friendships we can spend time with god we can have god in our life and have a christian biblical friendships so thank you guys for letting me share this with you today it was a pleasure just giving you my heart today and you know i just pray that you know god who you know makes all things new in his presence will renew all friendships you know all values in your lives and you know i just pray that this message was able to bless someone and really just draw our hearts closer to the dearest friend the most important friend i feel jesus christ and um thank you pastor jen once again and god bless you all have a great week good morning afternoon thursday connect online thank you cherry thank you for um, really launching us into this really powerful conversation about finding value in our christian friendships cherry is a friend of mine she's a friend of icf rome she leads our media team and helped us launch the braveheart girls video series and so, Cherry, I know the Lord really encouraged you with your scriptures from John 15 and how we are to love one another the way Christ loved us. So thank you for that, Cherry. I appreciate that. And this has just been something that's been stirring on my heart. And as we go along in this chat today, even if you think of a friendship where the friendship is really rooted and based on that foundation of God's love, um, something from the Bible, type that in. You know, I remember the friendship in the Bible of, type that in. Uh, but I want you to understand, we will talk about what it means to have friendships outside of our family of faith, because that's important too. But you have friends at work, you have friends at the university, you have friends in your neighborhood, and through quarantine and COVID-19, some of us have actually been isolated um, from our friends of faith, that church where our friends of faith, maybe we interact together and uh, many of our young adults are still meeting online on Friday nights. So that's been a wonderful way to stay connected. Um, and But there is something when we come together as friends of faith that is a dimension that we don't want to lose sight of. And so I want you to look at verse 16, John 15, verse 16. Cherry talked to us about 15, chapter 15, verse 11 through 15. But in verse 16, it says, Remember, Jesus said, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit so that fruit won't spoil. As fruit bearers, you have a privilege. He said, whatever you ask in my name, you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So as Christ followers, he has put in us the ability to bear fruit, love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, temperance, meekness, goodness. And he's saying, I want you in the world, but I don't want your fruit to spoil. And you know, if you're only around people who don't know the love of Jesus Christ, it's very possible that that foundation of Jesus 
it, it doesn't stand firm if you're not standing firm on it yourself so that you bear fruit in that. And I believe God is saying, I want you to gather with my people. Yes, I want you to be out there in the world, but not of the world, the Bible says. And we'll talk more about that next week. But today we're talking about the value in Christian friendships. It's easy to say why I might have value in something else. But today I want you to unhear my heart. I feel like this pandemic this, this, uh, these tools of the enemy to try to isolate us from each other. Because the Bible says when we come together, we spur one another on and we will bear fruit that won't spoil. So if God is telling us to invest in friendships and to bear fruit that won't spoil, he also says in the Bible that little foxes spoil the vine. So sometimes we make compromises when we're not with other Christ followers and we have to really guard who is in our inner circle. I have a an illustration I do sometimes, but you know, in that smallest circle, in that really smallest one right here, it's just me and Jesus. There's some things, Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and there's some things that I only tell Jesus. In that next little circle, um, I have the people that are the most, most, most closest to me. It might be my spouse. It is for me. Could be my daughters. That's another part of that intimate circle. Um, someone who's your mentor that's been in your life a long time that's in that close, close inner circle because that's people that are going to tell you about Jesus. And then there's the next circle that is our, our good friends, people that are encouraging our life and speaking life into us. And then out here is that circle that is people that don't know the love of Jesus yet. We're witnessing to them. We're sharing life with them. Um, but maybe there's some things we're not able to share with them. Now, some people are, uh, because they got came to Jesus after they were married, maybe their spouse is not married. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and guidance on how you have that intimacy with your spouse who should be your dearest friend. But you need it to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. But that's why we come together in Christian friendships. So I want to ask you this question. Who are you letting advise you during this period in our world, in our life? Who's advising you and giving you relationship advice? Is it someone who's following Christ and living for him? Or is it someone who maybe thinks more in terms of self-identity and self-rights and self-privilege? Because a Christ follower puts all their rights and their privilege in God's hands and says, I know that the greatest will be the least and the least will be the greatest. And I'm here to be a servant to others. So the mindset is not worldly. It's supernatural. You know what I mean? I talked to some of the ladies in my Bible study and Boriana said when she thought about some friendships in the Bible, she thought about David and Jonathan, how they really were close and shared with each other. Pastor Rick also mentioned David and Jonathan. And then Ruth and Naomi, how that Ruth, um, Naomi must have been such a loving, nurturing, not just a mother-in-law, but so wonderful that Ruth, it was her friend. She didn't want to go anywhere else. And she said, I want your God to be my God. It was a friendship based on the love of God. I think about Jesus and his disciples. They weren't the same. And there were times when Jesus got frustrated if they didn't pray with him, when he said, I you can't even, I'm your friend and I'm about to go to the cross and you can't pray with me for one hour. 
Um, but they were his closest friends and he shared meals with them and he, he walked with them and he invested in the disciples so that then they would invest in others when he was gone. I think about Mary and Martha and even as sisters, they were different, but they did want to be with Jesus. They wanted Jesus to be in their life and to be aware. And we, we see Martha growing in many ways as a result of her sister's love to just sit at Jesus' feet. From the Proverbs we read, Boriana mentioned this, that a sweet friendship refreshes the soul and that a good friend with you will stay with you in prayer even until it's completed. You know, I have a couple friends who've been praying with me over things and they'll message me every day. How is it? What's happening? Okay, now I'm praying for this until we have the victory. That is a good Christian faith-filled friend to invest in. One who has unreliable friends, Proverbs says, will come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So today, even if you feel lonely, even if you're not sure you have a friend that can be intimate, share some of those deep feelings with. I want you to know Jesus wants to be that friend. Um, but I'm talking about humanity right now. I, I want us to be identified with Christ. And I want our friendships, the people that are in our close circle, I want us to invest in them, to love them and to pour into their lives and to show love and grace and mercy to each other. So as many of us are re-engaging with our church families and with our Christian friends that we haven't been able to be with, I want us to look at the book of Hebrews because it tells us about drawing near so that we will have enduring faith. Because I believe that the world is trying to divide us. This pandemic has effectively separated us on some levels. But God wants our hearts to be united as those who follow Jesus so that his word encourages us so that we will have enduring faith. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25. It talks about drawing near. So it says in verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary, that holy place, that place of rest, that place of peace, that place of worship by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, he, he made it available. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, let us now draw near, draw near, say draw near, type it in the chat, draw near with a sincere heart in the assurance that faith brings because we have had our hearts sprinkled or washed clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in the pure living water. Verse 23, let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we confess for the one who made the promise is trustworthy. If you look to the social media and your friends to keep you, aren't sometimes don't we just argue or have questions or both of us are saying, this is terrible. We don't like this COVID-19. We don't like this lockdown. We don't like what our government is doing. We have to go to the word of God so that iron sharpens iron. And it says, let us hold unwervingly to the hope that we confess. That's what we should be talking about. For the one who made the promise to, that we can trust in is trustworthy. Verse 24, let us take thought of how we spur one another on to love. There's that word again. 
and good works. Verse 25 in Hebrews chapter 10. Not abandoning our own meetings, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, another version says. As some get in the habit of doing, it's, we've gotten into a habit of not coming together, but encouraging each other even more because we see the day drawing near. So I want to say to those of us that are re-engaging in church services, I know we can't all be there all at one time just yet because of social distancing. And we have found great, great value in online ministry. I'm thrilled with those who are doing our online classes. Connect to Grow is full. Connect to Lead is full. I mean, we have room, but the pre-service prayer, the teen Zoom, the kids Zoom on Saturday, these are wonderful ways of connecting. But there is nothing like coming together in God's house, that sanctuary of peace and rest, so that we spur one another on to do these good works and so that our fruit remains. I want your fruit to remain. I don't want somebody to suck the life out of you and there's nothing getting poured back into you. When we come into God's house and we worship with God's people, it does something to encourage our faith. So today, I want you to think about this as you're thinking about the way some of you in America are doing outside church services. Some of us are doing time different services or online and on campus, which on Sunday we had people find Jesus in the house, on campus, and on the online campus. So there's value there. But don't let the enemy trick you into thinking this habit that we've gotten into of not being together, of being isolated, that that's enough. God specifically said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't abandon coming together in these meetings if some have been in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more because we know Jesus is coming back. So what happens when we're with God's people? You can type that in. What happens when we're with God's people? For you, what happens? For me, I find uh, love and joy when I see God's people say, Pastor Jen, it's so good to see you. Oh, I want to see you. You see my face sometimes online, but I don't get to see you. So I love being able to see you and hear your voice. I want to, what does the scripture say happens when we're with God's people? You can type it in, something that you feel that happens when we're with God's people. We have confidence to enter the sanctuary. We come knowing this is a place of refuge. It's a place of refueling. It's a place of refining the, the fire that God refines in us. We find assurance in the presence of other faith-filled believers. When you feel discouraged and you see someone else, especially if you know their story, and you see them worshiping and praising God, I have seen people that have walked through very difficult challenges in these last couple months come into the house at ICF Rome smiling and praising God and giving testimony. That encourages my faith. That gives me assurance for my faith, gives you assurance for your faith. The Bible says we will spur one another on to love and good things. I don't want that to not be the recipe in my life. I want that. It says that we will encourage each other to stand firm in the faith because Jesus is coming soon. When Pastor Rick was a leader of leaders in Michigan, I remember there were times when a couple of our big churches said, you know, I don't need to go to that event. We have all our own events. They were kind of isolating themselves. And I remember Pastor Rick sat down and met with a couple leaders and said, look, maybe this time you're not coming for you. 
Maybe this time you're coming for that one who's going to watch you. That one who's going to observe your joy and your zealousness for the Holy Spirit and, and your enthusiasm for going after God. So remember, when we come together, it's not always all about what I get. It's also what I give just by being together. And it's in obedience to what God told me to do in the first place. So we encourage one another when we come together. So sometimes even when I don't feel like it, maybe I feel like I don't know if I have the energy. I, I pull myself up and I say, Holy Spirit, today I'm going for someone else. They need my smile. They need your smile that comes through me, Lord. And then I am encouraged myself because they smile back at me. We go for one another. We go for the presence of the Lord. But this is what happens when we're with God's people. I also want to talk to us about what happens when we're in his presence together. When we're in his presence with other friends. You could be riding with a Christ follower, a Christ, a friend who is just in love with Jesus. And maybe you're both listening to the same praise song and you're dancing and having a good time. And you're lifting up the name of the Lord to each other. It's very encouraging to one another. So when we're in his presence, we worship him together. Can you imagine how that makes God feel? When we're in his presence, we do receive from him. There's something that happens when the word of the Lord goes forth, when the pastor's message is, is being preached and you can see his countenance. You know, online you can't always see the full body, but sometimes he's jumping up and down and praising God with stomping with his foot. That is us receiving that intense, enthusiastic word from heaven to the pastor, to us. It's powerful. Don't, don't miss out on that. When you watch from home, even like you're doing right now, I encourage you, pretend like you came to the church. Turn all the other distractions off. Get in a room. Close the door. If you have to stand up or dress up so that you know I am in the presence of God with my friends like we are even right now. So even right now, maybe you'll type in, Hi, Pastor Jen. I'm with you on Thursday Connect and tell me where you're watching from. Tell me uh, what you ate for breakfast. <laughs> because as we're together in his presence, I know, oh, thank you for being so faithful to come. You spur me on so I don't not do Thursday Connect because it's touching someone's life. Someone told me on Sunday, Pastor, I haven't been able to click on all the comments, but I'm with you in every session and it has touched my life. I could never come to Thursday Connect before. We are commissioned to continue living our appointed service to the Lord when we come together in his presence. I want to say that again. You're commissioned by the word of the Lord that goes forth to continue living your appointed service to him. You know, when you're home alone by yourself, you listen and then you turn it off and you just go back to sleep or do whatever else you might have been doing. But when we are together, there's accountability there. And God uses that so that none of us gives up on our appointed service. I want to say to you that are watching with me, Audrey, you're on every time we're here, even though you're not in Rome physically, you're with us every week and you are continuing to live your appointed service unto the Lord. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the lives that have been touched because they found us through the graphics that Audrey and her team has created as well. I want you to know there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord with other Christ followers. 
especially if you don't have that in your family, in your household. If you're the only one in your household who's got the joy of the Lord, then you need to come together to let that joy get contagious, to get refueled. It's very important. And we are filled with his Holy Spirit when we ask. You know, I went on my version app. I just typed in uh, church attendance. You should do it. And you'll see all the scriptures about church attendance, which means gathering with other Christ followers. But it was a really good listing of scriptures. Um, I typed in Holy Spirit and there were some powerful verses just on that version app. When you touch that little magnifying glass, type in Holy Spirit and say, oh God, I, I, it's not enough that I just call your name. I, Jesus, I want to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because when I am, he commissions me to encourage and to love others as I love Jesus and as I even care for myself. So I ask you this question. What happens when we're with God's people? Number two, what do we do in his presence together? And then how will we act with his people? So Hebrews chapter 10, listen to this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37 through 39 says this. For just a little longer, and he who is coming will arrive and not delay. But my righteous one, the one who lives in right standing, will live by faith. Faith moves our decisions. Faith moves our friendships. My righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will have no pleasure in him. The verse says in verse 38, Hebrews 10, 38. But 10:39, Hebrews 10:39 says, but we are not among those who shrink back and perish, but we are among those who have faith and preserve their soul. In other words, our fruit abounds, our fruit is preserved, our soul is preserved as the righteous come together to live by faith, Hebrews chapter 10. So how do we act when we're with God's people? We will walk in righteousness, which means right standing with God, both publicly and privately. This is a personal thing. Do I walk in that right standing with God publicly and privately? There's nothing greater than the fire of the Holy Spirit and the power and the love of Christ to purify us and to show us how when we live for God, he will bring friendships into our life that spur us on to faith. That's a powerful thing. The second thing is it says we will not shrink back when times are difficult. On social media, there's so much uh, rhetoric and there's so much uh, negativity. Yes, you can find positivity. But if you're not careful and you run to that before you run to the word, when times are difficult, you'll pull back from God's people and go towards something else that's not going to fill your spiritual tank. And ultimately, those little foxes can spoil the vine. Don't shrink back when times are difficult. We press in. We press through. Um, even for doing this, I make sure that I'm, I want to look presentable because I want to please the Lord. I want, as if I was talking to Jesus, God, I want to be in right standing with you. I want to fellowship with other believers. I want to tell people about you, but I also want to have others just spur me on. I can't tell you what that means to me to have those who send me a message and encourage me in the Lord. We will exercise our faith 
when we come together with God's people. Someone who doesn't trust in God and you have a sickness, they're going to say, oh my God, this is terrible and you've got to run to the doctors and I don't know, everybody I know died of this. Someone who knows Jesus is going to say, okay, now we have the information. We know that by his stripes we are healed and even if you feel sick and weary and afraid, we know that there is no fear. God has given us power, love and a sound mind. Someone who knows the word of God is going to be able to speak faith to empower you for, for victory. That's why coming together, investing in Christ-following friendships is so important. None of us are perfect. And we need that one who will speak and declare into our lives victory when we feel like we're maybe walking close to defeat. He will preserve your soul and your fruit, the Bible says. He will empower your witness. He will inspire your future. He will equip us for our present encounters. When we come together, you know, sometimes when we come together, our, our life is being healed from past hurts. And those Christ followers who really know and love and experience the grace and mercy of Jesus will wrap their arms of love around us when we can. We'll air hug and elbow hug for right now. But I'm telling you what, I am giving you a physical hug right now. I want you to know that the love of God heals the past hurts. Let that go and come together with other followers of faith who are walking in victory. And if you find someone who believes in Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, but you sense that they're close to defeat, that they've lost the joy in their countenance, be the one who loves them like Christ loves, like Cherry talked about. Be the one who invests in them so that their fruit won't spoil, so that their fruit will continue to bud and bloom and grow. You know, we've invested in friendships at Bella Vida Resource Center. We've had computer classes. We've had sewing classes. We've had art classes. I was so thrilled this past week to hear that someone in one of our sewing, well, actually, I've heard of it three times now, but they actually are having their own business sewing and creating fashions because someone encouraged their future, inspired their future. So Debbie, if you're watching, thank you for inspiring the future. Julie, for bringing the fabric and inspiring the sewing, encouraging me to buy the sewing machines. We inspire one another. And so today, as we wrap up our Thursday Connect, I want you to remember men and women, pastors, especially my pastor friends that watch with me on Thursdays, you must have good, Christian, strong, victory-minded, faith-filled, Holy Spirit-filled friends who will speak life to you, who will speak truth to you, who will declare grace over your life, but encourage you not to give up, but to press in, to love God with everything that you have. So what happens when I'm with God's people? I stand firm in the faith. What do I do when I'm in his presence? When we gather together, yes, we may have few gathering less than we had before, but we know when we gather together, our heart and our soul is being encouraged. Talents are being used and nurtured and cherished. And we're learning to hear the word of God 
Because when we're in his presence, we're commissioned to continue living our appointed service unto him. And when we are with his people, we will walk in right standing personally, both publicly and privately. It won't be hard because I won't be tempted. I won't be in that environment where I'm tempted. I will be sure that I won't shrink back when times are difficult. I will move forward. I want you to be empowered to walk in victory today. I want you to invest in friendships with God's people who are full of faith, full of the word of God, who will spur you on to greatness and encourage you when you're disappointed and know that together we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. So today I want you to be blessed. And if you feel weak in your heart, or you feel lonely, and this topic of friendship has made you think, how can I find that friend? Listen, don't look back for friendship. Look forward. Look around you. There are people just waiting to be your friend. And I'm talking about people in church. Get their phone number. Encourage them. And you'll find out the more you message, the more I've messaged some of my friends in church during this lockdown and quarantine, the closer I feel we've come because we've spurred one another on. When one was weak or weary or frustrated, the other one would give a scripture and we'd say, yay, yay, God. And I'll be that friend to you. You can message me. You can message me on Facebook. You can message me through the email, um, through WhatsApp if you have my number. But I want, to be, I want you to be encouraged. God is with you. God is for you. He will be that friend, like Boriana said, that sticks closer than a brother. And those comments that you've written in the chat during this time, I hope you will um, share what makes friendship powerful, what you gather when you gather with the people of God. Don't let anything steal your song. Some people have even been told they can't sing in church right now. Listen, you can sing for Jesus, but don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together because when we come together, we're like a cord, a strand that can't be broken. We are empowered that our fruit won't spoil, that we will be preserved, that God will do great and mighty things. Even so, don't abandon your coming together because you see Jesus is coming and God wants us to walk in victory and we need each other. To walk in victory. So Lord, today, I pray for my sisters and brothers. I pray for leaders that are listening that will watch this later. I pray for those who are working diligently and maybe listening to this over their lunch break. God, first, we ask Jesus that you be the friend that sticks closer than a brother or sister. And secondly, Lord, we ask that we would be able to open our heart and our emotions to our Christian friends, that we would invest in those relationships because we need one another and we will not let the enemy cause us to shrink back or pull away or isolate, but we will integrate together because together we're stronger and we're more victorious. So I hope today that you not only are a friend or find a friend, but that you will become a friend. Invite someone to lunch, invite someone to coffee, get a phone number and start texting a new friend today. God will make a difference in your life and in their life. And we will walk to victory across that finish line one day. In the meantime, we're not going to shrink back. We're going to be strong in the power and the might as we walk together as Christian friends. I love you. I pray you have a blessed day.